0: It's Breaking It Down with Frank McKay.
1: Long Island Vibes. On
0: 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. Now, here's your host, Frank McKay.
1: I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here with a, a very talented man, a wonderful actor, and he's played so many different roles. Uh, you've seen him in so many different things, and and we'll get into his resume in a little bit, but I want to welcome uh, the wonderful Mark, McC- Mark McCaffer. And uh, thrilled to have him, Mark. How are you?
2: I'm I'm well. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me.
1: Well, if you don't mind, let, let's do a little bit of your history, and and if you could start from the sure. beginning, uh, where did it all start for you? Where were you born? Where were you raised?
2: Uh, wow. This is going to take a long time.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Excuse me. I was born in Findlay, Ohio, a home of Tasty Taters and Marathon Oil and Cooper Tires, actually, too. Uh, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. I was born in Findlay. My mother was from there and she went home to have me. And then uh, I went back to St. Louis where my mother and father lived and was raised till I was, I think, 13 or 14 in St. Louis in a little suburb of St. Louis called Webster Groves, which was, I think, ABC in 1960 determined that it was the quintessential American suburb. And they did a documentary on 16 in Webster Groves, and uh, I had moved by then, though, and new moved to New Jersey. So I went to high school in New Jersey, went back to the Midwest when I went to college. I went to the University of Michigan, Ann Arbor. I went as an engineer in my sophomore year. My roommate said, "Come audition for these plays. They're doing three, the, all three parts of Shakespeare's Henry the Sixth Uh, Come and do it. The girls are really friendly in the theater department. So I went (laughs) and uh, I was cast in 15 different parts, 13 makeup changes and costume changes that I devised myself and I caught the bug. Basically, I'd never imagined uh, any life in the theater. But here we go, Uh, 50 something years later, I'm uh, still doing it managed to make my living doing it for, uh, uh, all this time since I first, since I first got paid for it, which was after college and after avoiding going to Vietnam and, uh, getting a job at the Milwaukee Repertory Theater for a season and then moving to New York and, uh, and been working ever since,
1: it, you know, it, and li-
2: it, and living various places.
1: Yeah. Well, uh- there's so many roles that I've seen. I've lo- I've loved you in everything I've seen you in, but there's two roles so. that you're always going to be remembered for. <laughs> you know, I'm sure you know what I'm going to say. Well, Animal House, first of all, it's just a, it, it's the the cult classic that just never yeah. goes away. I mean, young people watch it. And, and Seinfeld, uh, the, the maestro uh, became right. such a, uh, a such a talked about character once you brought it to uh, to the screen. And you know, and they had a knack for that. Seinfeld did, and. You know, I always wanted to ask you when when you read it, when you started looking at at that as a role. Did you ever expect that people, you know, I mean, I I have I'm fifty two, but I have kids that are sixteen and they're watching Seinfeld and they love the the episodes that you're you're on there. Did you ever think? that uh wow i mean this is just this is my chance to just <laughs> just be part of this great show and really seinfeld uh, you know if you look at anybody's list it's always number 1 or number 2 on on the greatest shows of all time and uh, and i'll tell you it's it's the characters that really made that show the writing and everything else but what did you feel when you were handed that the, the script for that or when you first read for that did did you think it was going to be a hit your part that is
2: well uh, Seinfeld, it was the seventh season, I think, and Seinfeld was already a hit. These guys were each making... Well, I no think, doubt, no, no doubt about it, but,
1: but I meant the maestro itself. I mean, it became kind of a, you know, the the, the same way the soup Nazi became a huge, uh, a, you know, character. Right. Uh, but right. go ahead, just a... To... Yeah,
2: no, uh, so as I said, the show was already a hit, so I knew, and the writing was always good, the writing was great, Uh, I guess I knew when I showed up on the set and everybody was so glad to have me there. And uh, Jason Alexander had sort of known me before in New York, I hadn't known him, and Julia Louis-Dreyfus is just phenomenal, and Jerry's very welcoming, he really loves good actors. And then the writers all came up to me and said, this is our favorite character that we've ever written. And uh, I thought, Two things. I thought, well, that's really great. Now I have a huge responsibility to bring <laughs> life into this character. And then I, but I also thought, yeah, they probably say that to all the people, uh, all the girls. They say that too. Um, but yeah, so it, I mean, it's a great character. It's a great uh, conundrum that that character deals with all the time, uh, not being recognized for who he thinks he is. And it's a great, it's a great thing to play. It's sort of a slightly distorted ego, such as uh, the maestro has. And so yeah, so uh, yeah, I knew I didn't know that. What is it now? 97. I made that. So it's 20, 30 something years later, or 20 years later. I I didn't know people would still be calling me up and talking to me on the telephone. So that I could be on the radio talking about it, but I didn't know—I didn't know that about Niedermeyer either. I had no—none of us had any idea, 41 years ago, that people would still be wanting to talk about a, a movie that we knew was a fun script and was fun to do, but we had no idea that mm-hmm. that people would be flying us across the country to do mini reunions on the 40th anniversary of it. Yeah. And still talking about doing a sequel. Now we talk about doing a sequel to Animal House, calling it Animal Home. So we're all in our walkers in a <laughs> same nursing home, which is getting to be a close to true. I not really, but uh, some of
1: them. Let me remind folks that are just tuning in or maybe just turning on their radios. Frank McKay here with Mark Metcalf. Wonderful actor, and and you know his work from so many things. Buffy the Vamp- Vampire Slayer, a bunch of episodes. I was going to
2: say when you said there were just two, there's also Buffy, there's a whole other generation who don't recognize me, luckily, because it was five hours with the makeup. But there's also <laughs> Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which is a kind of a cult classic, I guess you might say, amongst a certain group of people, young well, women for the most part.
1: Well, big time. I mean, a big time cult classic. And again, Mark McCaff with me, Frank McKay here. Uh, but the difference between it, it, timing, you know, like it, by the time uh, Buffy was there, it, there was already started to be like hundreds of stations. Seinfeld was, you know, one of those shows that still, you know, there was in, in especially in the seventh season, uh, it was maybe on the cusp of getting to the point where there were you know, hundreds of stations, but Buffy, uh, you know, kind of broke over the uh, uh, the the new millennium, and and there was you know already over the top TV. It's a little different, but uh, it, you know, it, again, yeah, there there are my kids all loved Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and they loved you in it. So uh, yeah, there are different generations that are uh, that are enjoying you. I uh, you know, I often wondered, and I knew you had a, a stage background and a serious acting background. And when when it comes to watching anything that's a, a documentary on on Animal House, all we see is, is how wild it was, and you know, of course, you know Belushi and and everything there, and, and I often wondered how you reacted to it personally coming from, you know, because there were probably a lot of people who never acted before. I think I had Stephen First on uh, a couple of times, uh, the late Stephen First, and uh, and he, uh, he, I think he said it was his first role ever, and Pelushi, it was his, you know, basically his first screen role ever, and, you know, and here you are, uh, you know, you're a seasoned stage actor, and you're, you know, you're doing very serious things and everything else. Did, did you enjoy the making of uh, Animal House as much as it looked... Like the rest enjoyed it.
2: Oh yeah, sure. It was fun. To, yeah, yeah. It was sure. It's fun to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fun to get paid to uh, to clown around and play. I mean, that's why we're all actors because it's. Uh, they don't call them plays for nothing, you know. You do play, and, but, which is funny. The way everybody, yourself included, and lots of people, do kind of make the assumption that if you are a theater actor, you're much more serious. You, in two different sentences, used the word serious in relationship to my stage acting. Stage acting is just as much fun, in fact, more fun for me uh, than film and television. It's just that everybody gets paid more for doing film and television. Yeah. So uh, they have more money to spend on the things that are fun. And uh, and it's also just, it's what the media wants. The media wants uh, you know, good stories about film and television, but uh, the theater's, the theaters really what I love the most. And what I went back to when I, I basically resigned or retired or quit in 2000 and uh, bought a restaurant and thought I would just live off the restaurant and then started doing plays in uh, Wisconsin, in uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, for the First Stage Children's Theater. And reminded myself of how much I really, really loved acting, especially when it's live in front of an audience and especially when it's live with kids in front of an audience of kids and their parents. It's uh, it's, it's a great experience. It's yeah, the one that I, I still do whenever anybody asks.
0: He's breaking it down so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay on 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bays
1: is our very special guest, and, and again, you know his work from so many different roles, uh, uh, Meyer in Animal House and, and the maestro in Seinfeld and uh, Buffy, the vampire slayer, much different-looking Mark Metcalf uh, due to makeup and everything else, but really a great actor, and I'm just thrilled to have him, Frank McKay, here with Mark Metcalf. Uh, you, you you pointed out that, uh, that stage is just as much fun as TV and movies, and and you're right, people in the media and people that are outside of the uh, the field and just fans, I think we want to believe that uh, you know when we when we see a, a stage being done. It's serious work. It's uh, you know Shakespeareing, but uh, you know something tells me Shakespeare probably had a good time on, on you know, and his folks have it, those, had it. Yeah, good
2: I think those guys had a great time. Yeah, and uh, and it's work when you're doing a film too. I mean, when you asked me earlier if I'd had fun doing Animal House, I did have fun doing Animal House. I don't think I necessarily personally had the kind of fun that you're imagining, where I was partying all the time and staying up late and drinking and doing drugs and just having a great old time, I sort of sequestered myself because I was not in the Delta House where were partying all the time was was the culture. I was in the Omegas where the culture was much more serious and, and Niedermeyer's personal culture is really serious. And so uh, it's a story for, that I've told many times when uh, we moved into the Roadway Inn in Eugene, Oregon, where we shot it, uh, Bruce McGill, who played D-Day, who was an old friend of mine from New York, from bars, uh, he stole a piano out of the lobby of the hotel and wheeled it across the parking lot and put it in his ground floor room in the part of the hotel where we were all staying. And he that became party central, so every night after after we shot and then after people got dinner they would show up at McGill's that room and play the piano and sing songs and play the guitar and, and do other possibly illegal things I don't know what they <laughs> did down there I have my suspicions though mm. so I made I asked the hotel to move my room because I knew I wasn't going to be going to Party Central because Niedermeyer would not go to Party Central so I had the hotel mm. move my room <clears throat> excuse me to write above McGill's room, so that the noise of their having a great time would keep me up all night long, and which it did. So I stayed up intentionally, polishing my boots, and spit polishing my boots with a candle and a little spit, and studying my script and getting madder and madder. And uh, so it's, uh, it's just sort of my method to immerse myself in the character as much as I can. So, and that's fun for me. I've, work is fun for me. That's why I don't really think of it as work when I'm doing it. It's it's fun. If it does become work, I don't do it. Um, yeah. So I didn't have, so when you asked the question, anyway, circling back to your question, which was, was it fun shooting animal? Yes, it was fun. It was just as much fun as it looks like it was because everybody was doing their job. And having fun and it's what we do
1: see i think the answer that uh, that i i focus on there is that it was fun for you but you had a different type of of, of fun in mind and yeah. Uh, yeah it's just yeah it's interesting it's you know you, you i think you gave a very interesting answer on, on all of that but you got uh, you know i i think i'm getting a a look at you that um that I, I may not have known before. It's it's impressive, you know, it's a, it's a good way to answer it. And I was going to ask you as a non-actor because I don't know, you know, I don't know my my way around acting, but you know, are you a method actor? It sounded like you it sounds like you were in and everything that you okay. did there and and you referenced method acting. Are you a a method actor? I think
2: every actor who works regularly has their own method and you method and you devise your method as you go along. As you study with people, uh, different, I studied with Stella Adler for a while, I studied with Wynne Hanman in New York for a while. I observed Lee Strasberg, and I studied with Uta Hagen for several years. I studied with a lot of people, different people who had a lot of different techniques. And as I studied and as I worked, as I applied this study and these techniques, I devised my own method. So yes, I'm a method actor uh, not necessarily in the sense that Marlon Brando is a method actor. He had his own method, or Chris Walken is a method actor. He has his own method. Uh, we Each of us, as we work, devise a way of working, and we devise a way of communicating with the other actors that we work with who also have their own individual method.
1: Does that Me- your Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mark Met- Metcalf is our very special guest. Frank McKay here with the actor you probably uh, have seen him in many many things, but the uh, the roles that stand out: Seinfeld and, uh, and with uh, the Maestro, which was a great role performed wonderfully by Mark and and Anita Meyer from. Uh, Animal House and Buffy the Bam- Vampire Slayer for, for some younger folks that, uh, that that enjoyed that show. And there are a lot of them. A cult following is a good way to put it. Frank McKay here with Mark Metcalf. Uh, who was it for you as a young man uh, thinking about acting that that kind of turned you on to it? I mean, who did you appreciate more than anyone as, uh, as an actor as you were growing up and seeing films and watching television? Uh, who stood out for you?
2: Well, as I say, I didn't really start to think of acting as a job until I was in college. And my professors, especially a man named uh, James Coakley, was my sort of mentor. And he introduced me to classical music. He introduced me to the literature of the theater, um, the layered literature of, of, of stories and storytelling. So he was my main inspiration at the beginning. I know your question applies more to what actors was I inspired right. by, and I, always, I, have, I have a picture on my wall that somebody gave me, uh, an autographed picture of Paul Schofield, ah. who won an Oscar for A Man For All Seasons. was great, great in that,
1: wonderful, in
2: it? Yeah, he was great, he's great in everything. Wonderful, beautiful stage actor, great Shakespearean actor and, uh, and d- did some films, and uh, I don't know if he ever did any television or not, but he did some film work, and uh, he was always, uh, I loved to watch him work, I loved to watch Alec Guinness work uh, on film, and I was, had the pleasure of seeing Alec Guinness on stage once in London when I was a young actor, and the plasticity, the fluidity of, uh, of his, of the characters that he built uh were was was fantastic to me and I wanted to do that my now my uh, sort of a a method that was inspiring to me when I was the first, a first young actor in theater was the kabuki Japanese kabuki theater I, I really thought for a long time that I wanted to create uh, a sort of an American kabuki style of acting um, never managed to do it but because uh, I got... Uh, Distracted by movies and television, which don't allow for that kind of stylization. But, uh, so those guys, as far as film and television, I, there's not anybody. Well, Meryl Streep, of course, who was a friend for a while, uh, is sort of amazing, uh, to watch work. And, uh, so I really admire her, but not, not too many others. I can't think John Cazale, who was, uh, uh, died young. Uh, but every movie thing. he was in
1: was just outstanding.
0: Tax Day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax
1: year.
0: Oh, yeah. Sign up at slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. This is Breaking It Down with your host, Frank McKay, on one zero seven one wlir WLIR-FM Hampton Bay.
1: You had mentioned, and I mean to cut you off, but you had mentioned uh, right. the, the Sir Thomas Moore role for Schofield. I, I, I was blown away. And again, I'm not an actor, but as a kid watching that on on videotape. I was blown away by everything he did, just watching yeah. him and just uh, just getting absorbed into it. I it, it really blown away. And every time I saw Schofield in anything, I just uh, I, I just loved it. I was glued to the set. But it's interesting that you said Paul Schofield first. And uh, I, I would uh, you know I might have uh, thrown that out there. <laughs> you know, like if I had to guess, some people that you like for whatever reason, I, I would think that you would appreciate. Um, the work of Paul Schofield. Frank McKay here once yeah. again with Mark Metcalf, uh, just a wonderful actor and just uh, really is just uh, is put together an incredible career, uh, a, a, a varied career of, of so many roles, uh, whether it's episodic television or, or movies. He's just he's put together a wonderful career, Mark Metcalf. And if anyone stepped away, let me remind them that uh, you're listening to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here, our very special guest. You know his work from Seinfeld and Animal House. Mark Metcalf is our very special guest and thrilled to have him for for a couple moments more or as long as he'll give us. Uh, is, is there anything that y- you haven't played? And I, 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 I hate to ask a trite question like that or whatever, but a, a a role that you haven't played that just either is burning at you and, and you really want to do it or is just... Uh, I I don't know, it's it's just kind of on your bucket list if you have such a thing.
2: Well, yeah. Um, Almost anything by Shakespeare I would do. Uh, I would like to, love to try to do uh, The Tempest, uh, play uh, Prospero in The Tempest. Uh, I would like to give Lear a shot. I don't know that I have the stamina and the strength to do Lear, I think I could pull off uh, Prospero. Uh, doing Shakespeare is you've got to kind of be in the shape of a professional athlete, really, because vocally and physically, uh, it, it, it requires that kind of uh, physical conditioning. So I'd like to do any of those. Um, I always wanted to play, to do try a production of uh, After the Fall, Arthur Miller's play, that's semi autobiographical about his relationship with Marilyn Monroe and his relationship to Elia Kazan during the McCarthy hearings it covers that too so there's those parts uh as somebody I said quite candidly somebody a woman here in uh, where I live is making a movie a short documentary film about me. She interviewed me for five hours and now we're shooting some video to go with the uh uh, the the audio that I recorded with her, but at some point I said uh, she was asking that question but and pertain as as it pertains to movies and television, and I said half jokingly but half seriously, I'd like to play one of those guys that has a big gun and just kills a lot of people. <laughs> um, and I was trying to figure out where that came from and why that came from, and I realized mm. that the political situation in this country, is such now and it seems to just deteriorate almost daily that uh, it just makes me angry and I just, <laughs> there's a whole long list of people that if uh, somebody made a movie and gave me a gun and said, just go kill some people, that I'd, uh, I could, it, what do they call it, there's a word for it, substitution. I would substitute uh, certain faces for people as I, uh, much the way Quentin Tarantino substitutes certain, you know, when he goes about to kill Hitler and uh, Martin Borman in in inglorious Bastards, he, you know, rewrites history the way we all would have loved to have had it rewritten. Wow! And stop that insanity. Yeah. But anyway, so does <laughs> well, that answer it. your question?
1: Yeah, no doubt. And he just he just did the same thing in in his latest, I, which I loved, by the way. Once upon a time in, yeah. in Hollywood, I thought it was terrific. And I didn't know what he was going to do at the end, but it's it, you know I know some people are like, "Oh, what are you doing?" You know, but it, I, I I kind of uh, you know you could forgive Quentin Tarantino for anything he does. Uh, you, you mentioned King yeah. Lear, as uh, Schofield played uh, uh, Peter Brook. Um, his, uh, his yeah. version of, uh, King Lear is terrific. I uh, it's just a, uh, uh,
2: I have not seen it. I've got to find great. it on paper.
1: Yeah. It's, it's great. Uh, sure the it the business in general, uh, are you, um, are you a fan of the business or do you see it as a, just a necessary part or a necessary evil? Uh, do you like, uh, the business of, of acting and of, uh, making films and TV?
2: I like I really like the craft of acting. I think of it as a craft. I think of it as a, a craft more than I think of it as an art. Uh, but but it verges over into art. I do not like the business side of it because it it reduces the craft and reduces the art to something that it's not, or that it's no longer valuable. It kind of reduces it and then blows it away. So I do not like the business, which is why I resigned or quit or retired in 2000, uh, especially the business and the way they practice it in Hollywood, where uh, every day is the best day of everybody's life. Um, and it's a sort of uh, uh, lie for a living in a way. And, uh, and I, didn't, I don't like that. Also, the, what you're working on in Hollywood and more and more so since I quit in 2000 is just not very, the stories you're asked to tell are not very interesting. Now there are some good independent movies that are telling interesting stories about interesting people. To me, interesting. Uh, A bunch of guys in tights who can fly and do superhuman things is not interesting to me. Uh, Buildings blowing up and being destroyed it, I don't find that interesting. Uh, it's not, it's just, I don't know, it's just not interesting. I understand that a lot of people seem to like it because it makes a lot of money, yeah. but I don't know that they get a chance to see something else that has human beings talking to each other. And I mean, Chekhov, entire worlds fall apart and are destroyed and are begun again. Without buildings being destroyed and lives being lost in Chekhov, it's just a more nuanced uh, collapse of a civilization and a rebirth. Um, So, I mean, if you can, if you, if you're willing to sit still and listen to language and watch people, there's just as much excitement in a Chekhov play as there is in an Avengers movie. I think.
1: I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you hundred percent. I I think we're in the minority, but I I, I go because my my sons love. Uh, it, it, they they lo- they love the superhero movies, and I don't care. It's, it, I I think yeah. they it, they a lot of them use a lot of imagination. It's you know I'm I'm not big on you know you mentioned the the guys with the big guns. I'm not big on the car movies either. You know the fast and the you yeah. know all the action stuff. That's just not me. But again, it you know it makes money, and they're going to keep making them while they make money, as we both know. Mark Metcalf is our very special guest, just a wonderful actor, and I'm just absolutely thrilled to have him. And uh, and again, I keep mentioning the uh, the couple of roles, but there's so much more than that. Um, I keep mentioning uh, Seinfeld and the uh, Maestro and and Anita Meyer and Animal House and uh, and, and and Buffy and the uh, Vampire Slayer. But there's so much more. Take a look at his IMDb. It's a it's a mile long. Frank McKay here with Mark Metcalf. I mean, when you when you look back at all of the different roles that you've done, was there anything that that you were either offered or up for that you couldn't take because you were doing something else and uh, and it you look back and I'm not saying it haunts you but you know you kind of kind of look back and say mm, maybe I should have taken that is there one role that stands out
2: no i think i probably have a very selective memory and i forget those disappointments i and uh, live in denial about them i'm sure that there were i mean i know that there were i just don't know what they were I mean, I'm, I know that I've because I've worked fairly regularly and usually chosen to do the stage over film and stage doesn't let you out too often um, to go do, do a film and then come back. So, uh, but I'm sure they were. I just don't remember what, I don't remember what they might have been.
1: Or, or on the other hand, uh, is there anything that, that you did, that you were absolutely convinced would be, you know, a, a smash. Or I don't know if you think like that, but uh, it would, it, you know, this uh, play, this show that I'm doing is going to be a big hit, and it just didn't go for some reason or another. And you, even when you look back, say, I, I don't understand why this didn't go. Is there something that that you look at in your in your resume in your career that uh, that you were really convinced that it would do well and just didn't?
2: Um boy, uh, everything that I do, I do thinking and this is film, television and theater I do it thinking that it's going to change someone's mind so much that they will remember it always and, uh, uh, and be thrilled to, by the memory. So I think everything I do is going to be a huge hit, and I'm always surprised when it isn't. Now, that's a little disingenuous because there have been some movies that I've made where they were just paying me money, or I just wanted to go to that location and spend some time there that I knew weren't going to be uh, lightning in a bottle uh, that were just, you know, just were schlock. And so, yeah, I've I've done some schlock, willingly done schlock for the money and uh, uh, to, for the wardrobe. And uh, but most of the time, everything I do, I think, is going to be earth shattering. <laughs> That's just the way my ego is. But uh, uh, so I live in constant disappointment because um, it's not all. But uh, but it may be for one. I mean, I did. I can't remember, I can't remember how many plays I did for First Age Children's Theater. I did a beautiful production of The Giver, the Lois Lowry book. I did a production of uh, A Christmas Story, the one with the, the kid who gets a BB, wants a BB gun for yeah. Christmas, You'll Put Your Eye Out. I did a production of The True Confessions of Charlotte Doyle, which is based on a book. I did a really brilliant, beautiful production of, of a play called A Midnight Cry that, uh, I can't, I can't remember the fellow's name who wrote it. He's an actor at American Players Theater. Uh, James DeVita wrote it about the Underground Railroad and uh, an uh, uh, African-American woman who ran away and got on the Underground Railroad in, from Missouri and made her way into to Milwaukee. Uh, and each of those productions, the ones that I mentioned, and Holes, too, based on the book, they were very. They, they, they got inside kids' heads, yeah. and they changed their thinking, and they opened their minds up. Their minds are already open, but they changed the way they're thinking. So each one of those, even though no, you know, see, more people watch one episode of a television series called Hotel that I did years ago than saw all the performances of, of A Midnight Cry, the one about the Underground Railroad. But I wager that A Midnight Cry uh, affected, in a positive way, more people than that one episode of Hotel that I did affected people, yeah. in terms of just affecting their way they think about
0: the world he's breaking it down so you don't have to this is breaking it down with frank mckay on 107.1 wlirfm
1: hampton bays Actor Mark Metcalf is the voice that you're hearing, and and we got a couple moments left with him. and It's just wonderful to have him here, and you know his work from Animal House and Seinfeld, and the list it goes on and on. Uh, Buffy and the Vampire Slayer, and and so so many other things. Uh, Frank McKay here with Mark. Mark, let me let me ask you this, and I, and I keep going back to this early <coughs> part of your career. Uh, or, or asking you to remember the early part of your career. Do you remember the the first actor that, or or somebody in the field that was making a living at doing what you wanted to do? And uh, can is it somebody who stands out to you, uh, whoever he or she was? And uh, and if so, I mean, was it? Was it inspiring that hey this person Is flesh and blood and if they can do it That means you know I can do this uh, as well Obviously it's a very difficult thing to Undertake and Uh, uh, Do you remember the first person?
2: um, Well like I said Jim Coakley uh, in college But But he he was teaching I I know what you mean Um, I'm trying to Yeah, I guess the answer you're looking for And the answer it's a relatively honest Answer too I did a play early on in my career called uh, Tooth of Crime, a Sam Shepard play, and uh, the first the first paying job I had was at the Milwaukee Rep doing a season there, and there was a guy named Bill McCarrigan there who was uh, a seasoned actor and, oh boy, what's her name, Penny, uh, a wonderful, beautiful actress named Penny something, who had been residents at the Milwaukee Repertory Theater for a long time, and they were great actors. But Frank Langella played opposite me in Tooth of Crime, a Sam Shepard play. We were doing the American premiere of it in Princeton at at McCarter Theater. They talked about taking it into New York. It got reviewed very well in Time magazine because it was a world premiere of a Sam Shepard play. Sam came and worked with us for about five days during rehearsal. And Frank Langella was one of those people who had already had a career. He was established And that was kind of the part he played. The play is about two rock and roll uh, singers, musicians, one a seasoned one who has made it to the top and one who is sort of trying to make his way up and it's a very aggressive relationship that they have with each other uh, where they actually try to uh, they they sing at each other the way Eskimos do sing-offs when they have an argument. They will do a uh, sing off, and Shepard kind of took that little bit of archaeology and in, turned it into a play where these two rock and roll singers basically sort of sing at each other with different styles. And uh, eventually, the Langella, char- Langella character, Haas is his name, uh, ends up dying, killing himself. Um, so, So, watching Frank work and working with him. Uh, and a director named Louis Chris, who directed it, and a, uh, Nick, uh, boy, a bunch of good actors played the other characters around that. The, they were all good. I mean, I, I say Langella because you want to know a name that's famous no. that may have inspired me. So it was fun to work with him uh, because he was he's a good actor, and he had uh, already was established. So I, I learned some positive things. I also learned that uh, when you're established and you think of yourself as established and think of yourself as a star, you can be a bit of a, and I know we're not supposed to curse so I won't, but you can be a bit of an, an a-hole right. if that's permissible yeah, no. uh, about it. And so it. I learned to, to try to avoid that because uh, not that I want everybody to like me But uh, the work is what's important and not uh, not what's on the craft service table or what's in my dressing room or all that stuff. Yeah.
1: Well, let me let me ask you, uh, you you mentioned Penny and it was bothering me a stage actress, Uh, not Penny Fuller, right? Penelope and Fuller. That's not the stage. No,
2: end. not Penny Fuller. No, yeah. oh, no, I know. I knew her, too. But no, this Penny, what Penny? I can't remember her last name. Yeah. Well, that was she's, the one no, that she's I was thinking. primarily yeah. a regional theater actor. Oh, I got There's you. a ton. There's a ton of just a huge number of incredibly skillful, talented, really great actors working in regional theater across the country. It's one of my best favorite places to work. You're not as you're not as worried about real estate and about paying the rent as you are in New York. So you don't have to you don't have to compromise to make money. You can do more experimental, more edgy stuff, and you uh, and you get to work with these wonderful actors who are making a living and making a life acting in Louisville or in Milwaukee or in Ashland, Oregon or in uh, St. Louis at the L- Loretto L- L- Hilton and all kinds of places all across the country where I love working with with actors who get up in the morning and go do their job. They're craftsmen and they do their job. I mean, we're referred to as journeyman actors. We're not particularly interested. The fact that I did Animal House and Seinfeld and Buffy the Vampire Slayer puts me into a place where you want to do a radio show with me. But I'm telling you, that some of the actors that are sitting down there in Louisville right now preparing to do well let's see, no, Indianapolis let's say that they're preparing to open 12 Angry Men a great, great play made into yes a very good movie but still a phenomenal play for I think 8 or 9 men, 12 men I guess 12 Angry Men yeah. uh, <laughs> is uh, you know those guys are equally as interesting as I am to interview yeah. I suggest you
1: Interview them. Listen, I, I, I I interview so many people that that uh, you know when I submit them, people are like, "Who? Who's this guy?" But it's just fascinating. I've been fascinating, quite frankly, by by people who've made a living grinding it out. You know, as an actor, uh, as an actress, uh, you know, there's one it's one thing to be Tom Cruise and you got that first big hit out of the way early. And then you just kind of cruise through. Uh, a And again, not to disparage Tom Cruise, uh, you know, in any way. But, uh, you know, you just kind of go through your career and roll with roller skates, just picking this one or that role and making sure you do this. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting. But, you know, somebody that had to grind out a career to me is, is uh. just fascinating. And, and it's whether it's in sports or whether it's in, uh, you know, acting or singing, but somebody who's made a living by by not having that one, uh, you know, that one role that just stands out. So we do a lot of that. Uh, and again, Mark Metcalf right. is our very special guest, and I'm thrilled to have him. We're just just about done with uh, Mark, unfortunately. I'd love to get him back for a part two. A Mad Men is something else. I, I don't know, you, you did a Mad Men. You were the mayor, right, in Mayor Men? Do I have to right? Say that again. You were in Mad,
2: Man, Mad Men. The, uh, I did an episode of Mad Men. Yes, yeah. I did.
1: Which was a great yeah. series. Oh, my gosh. The acting in that and, and just, yeah, that's right. I saw you in a Mad Men. I, yeah, I, again,
2: I, yeah, really good writing. Uh, really carefully produced. That guy, Matt uh, Weiner or whatever his name is. Yeah, Weiner. Uh, Wiener. Yeah. Name, Wiener. Really carefully with great detail and great passion and love. Produced it. I mean, every frame in that movie was a beautiful picture to look at. And uh, the detail and the props was great. And the writing was good. The story was good. It was, yeah, it was fun to do.
1: Uh, listen, i would thrilled to have this time with you, and and just congratulations on a great career, and thank you very much for thank being you. here. Do you have a a, a well, social media site or a, a website that you want to point people to? No, that, I I
2: don't I don't do any of that. I mean, I'm I'm on Facebook, and there's a lot of people who I don't know who I've befriended because I didn't want to hurt, hurt their feelings. <laughs> so there is a page out there. Uh, there's a film actually that I made three years ago with a wonderful director in Wisconsin. Director named Tate Bunker. The film is called *The Field*. That is out on video on demand. I think you can pre-order it right now. It comes out on video on demand on the 24th of September, and it opens. Well, I know, I'm going to New York on the 28th of of uh, of September to for the pr- premiere of it at the uh, anthology.
1: Film it, it, it's not the field. Right? Is that what you're saying? It is the field.
2: It's called the field. Yeah. It's not the Irish movie uh, with uh, Richard Harris. It's a different. It's called the field, the film. Yeah. I think is what they. We we made it under a different name, Depth of Field, and I don't know why they changed the name, but they did.
1: Well, listen. Congratulations on everything, like I thank said, and, and thank you very much for being here, uh, Mark sure. Metcalf. Has been our very Thank special you. guest. Uh, everyone again knows him from uh, you know the the big high profile roles, but he's great in everything he does. Wonderful, even if he's doing it for wardrobe or for 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 a check, <laughs> he's he's great anyway you you slice it. And uh, Niedermeyer Meyer is uh, is a role he'll never escape, and why would he want to? He played it so well in Animal House, and uh, the Maestro. And Seinfeld, and uh, Buffy and the Vampire, uh, the Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and Mad Men. He played the mayor in one episode of uh, of Mad Men. He was terrific in that, and everything he does. Mark McCaff, everyone, has been our very special guest. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down.
0: This is Breaking It Down with your host Frank McKay on 1071 hundred seven one W L I R F M Hampton Bays.